Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your twice-weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our fourth and sadly final dinner party episode. I'm going to miss this. I'm sad they're over, even though it's been like quite Me intense too. doing all the interviews. It's been really fun. It's been keeping me busy. And then this week, it was kind of a little bit more chill uh, because we did all of them basically in one sitting. So I've not known really what to do with myself. And all the girls were like, when is this coming out? And we're like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> in 12 hours. A very, a very after work drinks, uh, very on brand move from us. So we have a very good, sorry, what's wrong with me? I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so we have a great lineup this week, which we're very excited about. First up is Gab Wooler of the very famous GabWooler.com. Gab is a personal shopper who has become a kind of international fashion phenomenon thanks to her incredible ability to source the unsourceable. And uh, her clients include Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, Hailey Bieber, Sierra, every fashion blogger under the sun. She basically is a celebrity in the Instagram fashion world. Then it's on to our favorite funny journalist, Melissa Mason. Mel works for Pedestrian TV and she is more often than not behind all of the viral articles that just go wild. She writes about everything from bachelor recaps and married at first sight recaps to ridiculous dating stories. And she is always shared in our Facebook group. Um, We've actually had her on the podcast before because she co-hosts the podcast All Aussie Mystery Hour, which is ridiculously funny. So we're going to talk to Mel. And then finally, we have Ava Matthews. Ava is the creator of Ultraviolet, which is 
kind of Australia's slash the world's favorite sunscreen brand at the moment. And she comes from a very illustrious history in beauty PR. And above all, she's just a fucking legend. We had her on for one of our Instagram stories takeovers during lockdown. And it was by far our most popular because she's just very funny, very cool, very (laughs) candid. So thank you everyone for listening. Please As always, rate, review, and subscribe. I see a few of you actually listening to me at the moment with that. So thank you. We see you. We love you. Thank you. Gold star for you. (laughs) And we'll see you on Wednesday. See you on Wednesday. Bye, guys. Bye. I ate chocolate mousse yesterday as it was absolutely fucking feral. Hello. Hello, Gab. Hi, girls. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you both? We're great. We are very excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. When you reached out, G, I could not say yes quick enough. So oh. I'm very excited to yeah, be chatting with you both. Don't you feel like when we last saw each other, it feels like 400 million years ago Isn't on that another crazy? planet? And to think that that was right before all of this started. I mean, we were even on. I still can't believe how, like, now I look back to things we were doing that time. So the last time we saw each other was in Milan for Fashion Week. And yeah. it was... Was it Paris? It was, Milan. yeah, I think it was Milan. And then it was as the virus broke out. So we were there, like, trying to get face masks and stuff. And I still can't believe that we all went on to Paris. Now that I think about it, I just think it's nuts. And the fact that we all... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it must have had an impact on the spread of it because you you had 1,500 people travel from the outbreak in Milan onto mm-hmm. Paris, stay there for a week, and then go back to every corner of the planet. I just still can't believe that that happened now that you see how um, even, when, so even when Izzy and I got off the plane back to London from Milan, we were expecting people in like – what are those suit- hazmat suits oh, we were yeah. expecting to be stuck in a room? We're expecting to yeah. be temperatured. We were thinking it was going to be such an ordeal and we just walked off the plane. Isn't that crazy? That's it- because I, I can't remember. Did we leave Milan the same day? I think I left earlier than you both. I think you, like left, by a day. you left a bit earlier than us. We left. Um, <laughs> There's an elephant in the room and it's a logistical fuck up by Grace O'Neill, which left us <laughs> stranded <laughs> there. Yeah. For a whole yeah. extra 48 hours. Yeah. What happened? This is classic. I don't know. I'm just really, I'm like really bad with logistics and dates. And we had like a hotel for a certain number of nights and then we were leaving. And I had told Izzy the wrong nights that we had the hotel for. So she had booked us a flight in accordance with the dates I told her. And then we got a frantic phone call when we were out having pasta at the same place we went with pasta. you at Muscuzzi is it called so Muscuzzi yeah our fave place um, and the hotel was frantically calling being like you need to leave you're checked out and we're like no so we had to pay for a whole extra night's accommodation for a hotel we didn't need we didn't even want to be in Milan anymore and then the whole city no joke was shut down because of coronavirus there wasn't a face mask in sight you couldn't catch public transport there's no Ubers in Milan as yeah. we all know now and so we then we were like, okay, well, let's go to the Prada Foundation because we wanted to go one day after one of the shows, but it was just cutting yeah. it too fine. Um, and so we went to go to the Prada Foundation and literally we got there and this man goes, 
do you not know what is going on in the world? And I was like, what? <laughs> the coronavirus. <laughs> So we just go to the fucking gallery. Fuck. Like, oh sorry. And then fast sorry. forward to now, the man's just like fucking idiots. Well, that was a nice way to finish the trip. Yeah. I mean, there was like hay barrels rolling through Milan and we were just trying to go to these art galleries and hang out. And nobody on earth was there who didn't like physically need no, to be I heard there. it was a ghost town. Okay. Let's introduce you. So Gabula, you are a personal shopper extraordinaire you are known for hunting down impossible to find fashion pieces and your business has become beloved by clients ranging from rosie huntington whiteley to Haley bieber to sierra to i'm sure i'm missing lots of people but yeah ev- like everybody everybody uh and it's basically <laughs> just really exploded and we couldn't be happier because you're also a lovely human being can you talk to us about your business and how it started and what it is for people that might not understand what a personal shopper is so I started the business in June 2018 and at the time I was purely just focused on Australian clients I was focused on sourcing pieces that were available internationally that weren't available here on shore in Australia and I did that for about six months and I was very fortunate to be connected with Rosie in December and in January when she reposted me, that's kind of when the business really blew up and went global. Um, and the Celine the coat. Celine coat yes. The iconic coat. The Celine that coat. Is what, that was the game changer, the complete game changer. And so in summary, kind of how it works is I specialize in sourcing pieces that are sold out or are high in demand. and. To this date, everything is filters and comes through via Instagram DM. So all my requests come through via there. And as soon as I accept a request, it's um, up to me to hunt it down to find it. But you do it so quickly. And also I'm an idiot. And one time um, email <laughs> messaged your like work Instagram and was like, blah, blah, blah. Where are you guys? I'll come meet you for a drink. And then four days later, Gab was like, Jesus Christ, just message my personal. There's like 400 girls after Bottega Veneta heels in here. That is true. That is true. I think it's, I mean, that's why I had to split my accounts. I'm glad I did that from day one to kind of keep it separate. And yeah, because it is like, even though it's me and I'm still the one that's responding to the DMs a lot of the time, it's so good to keep it separate. Well, we do the same with our, um, with after work drinks now we literally had to separate our conversations we have one after work drinks channel where we talk and then we have our normal channel where we talk because it's like it just gets confusing otherwise and you keep forgetting what's going on I think it's a it's a smart idea to to split it up so you've had like you said crazy kind of viral moments that led to your business exploding Um, And I know that Izzy, I think we had a conversation about this, but I feel like Izzy was one of the first people to report on the Rosie Celine coat gate. I'd never heard of Gab and I was just on Rosie's Instagram one morning and she posted, it was on her stories, I think, maybe, or on her, I think it was on her stories at first and she posted on her stories being like, oh my God, thank you Gab for sourcing me this coat. And then I think there were a couple of other slides and then I clicked through and went to Gab's profile and I was like, she looks like she's Australian and then went to work. And said to my, so at the time I was um, looking after the Murray Claire digital team and I said to my fashion features editor, this is a great story, you should write it. And then she wrote it up that morning and I think it came out at the exact time as 
Vogue US published theirs, so ours were the first two stories. I kind of wish I'd personally written it because I was like, then then it would have been so cute because we're obviously now good friends, but... It was Francesca, who's also oh, incredible. But, How did it like, feel so when it happened? Because I can imagine that um, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on with celebrity sourcing clothes that isn't credited. So the fact that you were credited is probably quite it a was, big deal. Yeah, it was like I will never forget the morning. I remember I woke up to it and I like I, I, it was the 18th of January, I remember, and I woke up and my phone had just exploded like – just I mean I can't even describe how many new followers and like DMs and for someone that you know I was I was unknown even like you said it's like no one really knew me here in Australia so for it to just have blown up like that I I was yeah just is it's it's hard to find how funny is it as well like how one person can change someone's life so quickly and then also it's so cute that it was Rosie Huntington-Whiteley because you would be able to attest to this. I've heard just so many, like, she just seems like the most lovely, down-to-earth, normal person who's just so cute. And she would have just been like, oh, no worries, babe. Like, that's so fine. doesn't matter that I just changed, like, your life and you're in Vogue US today. Like, she is beyond amazing. And it really does go to show the kind of person that she is. And, and you're right. Like, it, it may not have been something so big for her, but it... 100% changed the entire direction of my life, hands down. I feel like I can relate to the joy of the hunt. And I wonder if you still get the thrill of hunting something. Like, is that the basis of the brand that you actually just love hunting something down and trying all these channels? Because I'm a bit like that with online shopping. Yeah, I was actually just speaking to someone about this today because, you know, you, you constantly have to go back to your why and why are you doing this? And I feel as though you know, in, in addition to just wanting to make people happy, I know that I have the ability to do that with what I do, but I find like, I'm, I'm, and yes, I am so passionate about it, but to, yeah, the, the happiness I feel when I do find something, it's like, it's a, it's a feeling that I just, it, it's, yeah, it's hard to find the words for because it, it's just the best part about the job because I know that what I've just done and what I've just, um, you know, succeeded in, it's going to make someone else happy. Um, so yeah, it, it's I, I, like, I think I'll never get rid of that thrill. I feel like that's so cute. I'm just thinking literally that should be a job that I should do because I get such a thrill out of giving things to other yes. people. <laughs> like literally, you know, like one of those jobs where you're just like, I fucking found it. <laughs> There's like a really pervy aspect to the way you run your business, which is that it really, uh, your social media strategy is really about showing what you've been able to source for everyone, which is amazing. But it's also like a way into seeing what people are buying. And it's just so fascinating yeah. to see some stuff. Mm. It's such an eclectic I know. Mix. It's it's like so hard. I spend like one. Oh, yeah. It's such an eclectic mix. But I spend like one second on your account. And then I'm like, well, obviously, if I don't buy these fucking Prada boots <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to like just be so irrelevant. It's not even funny. That is true. That's true. You need to get the powder boots. <laughs> yeah. I want those bloody, actually, I yeah, I'm going to message you after this because I actually do want these shoes. I want those bloody um, men's Prada, the brogues. You know that yeah, the men's, I know the you ones, know the ones so Grace. Good. You told me to get them. Grace always, 
Actually, the way that Grace comes around to my recommendations, because I'll tell her to watch a show or I'll tell her to do something, and about six months later she finally <laughs> does it. I'm like that when Grace tells me to buy something. Yeah. She'll be like, you should buy these shoes. They'll, they'll look really great on you. And then I just have no sense of urgency. Yeah. And then by the time I go to buy them, they're sold out everywhere. <laughs> they need to come to me. Exactly. Yeah. And then I come to you. So, so yeah, you go. So. So, <laughs> uh, so isolation, obviously. We're all stuck inside. What is kind of... How have you been finding it and what is one thing that's sort of been getting you through? Whether it's like a show or a podcast or an exercise regime or okay. anything. Um, so I have found that it when this point, when this all started, it was when Europe announced that they were going, sorry, Paris more so, that they were going into lockdown. I freaked out for a second because that's one of our main sourcing hubs mm. and I I wondered and I was a little bit nervous of how it would affect the business, but it's been amazing to see how well my team and I have been able to pivot this month. And it has been very much business as usual and as busy as we have ever been. I think because, um, you know, right now we do have the ability to source things whilst everything is still on lockdown. So it has been um, a huge, um, bonus for the business in that way but in terms of my day-to-days it's still very much business as usual um i am up in brisbane with my family which i'm loving it's really good to spend some time with them which i haven't done in years um in terms of shows i honestly cannot turn it off i don't know if you guys have watched it have you seen oza oh yes i'm in season two at the moment where are you up to almost finished season three i can't like i can't turn it off i am so behind the times (laughs) this is like a very unpopular opinion but i i watch it but i'm not binging it but i'll just put it on but i'm like why am i not super 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 hooked on this i think it's because it's quite dark for me i'm a bit of a light-hearted rom-com gal so i watch about two minutes of it and then i'm like i'm gonna get murdered in my (laughs) sleep tonight so i have to kind of take it easy it's very much i feel like i compare it to breaking bad or that kind of vibe do you like romance stuff movies and shows um romantic bits and pieces <laughs> in terms of what would be an i what would be um right. an example i'll tell you if i like it so do you like pretty woman notting hill <laughs> okay so <laughs> anything yeah. by julia roberts it always goes back to it always goes back to Julia Roberts. But have you yeah. heard of, have you read Normal People by Sally Rooney? No, but in saying that, is there a TV series out at the moment? Yes, or- I was just yeah. about to say, it just came out. We both binged it in about 24 hours. It was so fucking good and it's exactly my cup of tea. Like I just couldn't sleep. I was so tired that one of my eyes was fully shut, but I couldn't um. go to sleep. Wait, so is it, is it Netflix or how do I get this? No, it's on, where are you? Australia, Stan. Stan, okay. Um, the beautiful girl from 20s Club, her name is? Oh, Madeline Walker. Madeline Walker, yes. I yeah. saw her posting it and then other people responding to her about it and I was like, what is this? I need yeah, to- we were DMing. This is how deep I go. I'm like, any person that's any fucking, anywhere near normal people has been speaking to me directly this week. So it's a it's a rom like rom com. What is it? It's like it's just like a romance show. But the book is really really good as well. 
Okay. And she's this little Irish author. I think she was 27 when she released it. It was her first ever novel. And it just went fucking batshit crazy. And mm-hmm. best-selling book. And then they made a TV show of it. And it just got released. And it's really cute. Okay. Oh, so good. Well, I'm almost on my Ozark. So that's next on my It'll list. be a nice palate cleanser after Ozark. And then message me the whole time. It's very, it's very sweet and teenagey, and also very horny. Like there's horny. a lot of sex in it. It's kind of the perfect isolation show. I feel like it's almost a godsend for them that it came out at this time. Me too. Yeah. Because well, it's a. So was it everyone one wants it. Everyone two. wants to watch that. It's one season. Ah. Okay. I'll report back to you. I'll let you know what I. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about that we didn't go near? Um, no, I wanted to. I wanted to touch base after, like, to talk about how you guys went after. Oh, yeah, Milan and how the rest of the trip was. I feel like we did touch base on that because I mean I haven't. Oh haven't wait, have we said on the podcast, Grace? This is my constant eternal question. So my memory is like a goldfish. Did we say on the podcast that I went on a date with Frenchie? No. Oh my god. Because Gab yes. knows what? all about him. I missed this. Yes, holy. Um, so okay, when I was in Milan, we mentioned that on the podcast that we got I got asked out. Did we fuck it now? I think we mentioned that I got asked out by a French. Is man. this wait, is this the guy that you met in that cafe with the friends? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm like- so then I saw Gab, like we saw you like that night and we were telling you about him and he just messaged me his number and then we kind of forgot about him and I didn't see him while we were in Milan because whatever it was just too much of a mission we were out all together that night mm. and too much fun going on and then we weren't so when we got to Paris he lived in Paris and I ended up messaging him and just being like oh hey I'm in Paris then it was like this fucking back and forth because every night we had stuff on and then, for example, one of the nights we had nothing on that night, but then we just ended up going out and having so much fun that I bailed on him so that we could all stay out and have fun. And then, so then the next night, and because he speaks barely any English, mm-hmm. and so the next night I was like, do you want to get a drink tonight? And he just goes, no. <laughs> oh my God, what? What? He just goes, no, because I ditched him the night before oh. and I hadn't even texted him because we were supposed to meet and we were supposed to get a drink and I was just useless because I was having too much fun with the girls. And so I was like, oh, fuck it. Who cares about French man? I'm never going to see him again anyway. Yeah. And then the next night I was like, oh, maybe I should see him. And he just goes, no. And then the next night, he te- I was like, fine. And then the next night he texts me, and me and Grace are having this lovely dinner, and then we we're about to go to a party, but we were both shells of human beings. We were so tired. And he goes, are you around for a drink? And I was like, okay then, because I was already a little bit drunk. So I made Grace walk me, literally walk me to the restaurant because I was too shit scared. I was like a, I was like her mom. I was just too shit scared. I was like, I literally can't go. I feel like I'm physically going to vomit. Yeah. Just, just dates are fucking weird. And then we met up and he, and because I was also like, he doesn't speak English. And so we met up and then um, we had to sit inside where there was no music so he could hear me properly so I could, oh. so he could hear what I was saying but he spoke better English than I thought and then he was teaching me French throughout the night and then we had like this lovely romantic date and then we kissed at midnight when the Eiffel Tower lit up no stop I loved it disgusting eh it's like something out of a movie also we we had to get the Eurostar like quite early Mm. the next morning and I fell asleep and woke up at 
Like 1am. Midnight yeah. or something or what in the morning? And I was like, where the fuck is Truman? And she's like, we're in Mamad having a stroll. It's beautiful. I was like, get home, you little hussy. No, yeah. And then I realized that he was like walking me and yeah. And then I realized that he was like walking me in the direction of his apartment. And I was like, no, Jean, I'm getting a taxi and just called myself an Uber and went home. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. And then um, I hadn't heard from him because obviously I was like, whatever, I'm, I live in London. It's just not a thing. And then he messaged me like a week ago and just to check in and see how I'm going because of all the isolation stuff. Oh, I, I was like, that. that's cute. I didn't realize he was um, based in Paris. Yeah, I know. I don't think I don't think I mentioned it to you because well. we weren't even like considering really going to Paris until the last. Yeah, year. that's. I, but yeah, crazy, eh? Oh my god, I was I needed to know the ending to that story. So now I. I've been filled in. Who knows if it's the end, Gab? We were laughing. We were laughing because we, we can't figure out with the language barrier whether someone's a fuckboy oh. or if they're just yes. French. Because yes. they just talk in this very specific... And they're so and obviously forward. a second language and they're very cool. So you can't tell if they're kind of too cool and playing the game or if that's just how they that's talk so and cute. you shouldn't read into it. But also him just being... Because they're, they're so forward and flirty and so i would go to him i can't tell if you're a fuck boy and he was like what he's like what and i was like fuck boy and he was like no <laughs> no <laughs> who knows i don't think he was i think he was just like i don't think you ever ended up showing me a photo of him I don't have one. I don't. I literally met him on a street in a cafe. I don't even know his last name. <laughs> All I know is his name's Jean. Jean, have you heard of him? <laughs> Just Jean Not from Paris. <laughs> he lives in somewhere in Paris. That's it. I'll be able to find him now. I'm still looking for it. Yeah, source him. I keep getting into these random European romances. Source the boy. <laughs> It'll be my side business. You you would make a fucking killing on that. Yes, that literally should be. He has like he has like Patagonia energy. Yeah. Is the best way to put it. He's he's a he's a rock climber. He has the energy of someone whose facial oh. picture would be them standing on like a Got mountain it. with like a windsheeter on. Okay. Yeah. With like a nice backdrop. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I I had no fucking clue. You know when you see someone you're like I just have no clue if I'm attracted to you or not. Like I actually can't I think tell. You said that to me that night. Yeah, so when he hit on, well, when that, when his friend, his little puny friend was hitting on Grace. Sometimes you do know immediately. <laughs> yeah, that was a no. When his puny friend was hitting on Grace, I was like, I don't know whether I like him or not. And then he left the cafe. And then I go, I think I thought he was cute, but I don't know, Grace, you have to tell me if that's right or not. And she was like, yes, that's right. I was like, go and get your man. So to this date, that's the only person I've kissed since my relationship ended like seven months ago. I'm literally like Drew Barrymore and never been kissed. <laughs> it's so tragic. Who am I going to kiss in New Zealand? Are you in, um, are you back in New Zealand now as well? Yes, I'm in the countryside. 
no hope there. We were supposed to be asking everyone what they're drinking in these dinner party episodes and we just forgot. Oh, well, I ran out of my gin and tonic. Ah, gin, tonic and cucumber, chic. Very chic. I know, isn't it cute? When did we get a that? Nice. Um, yeah, I know we really like dropped off with what was meant to be the format of a lot of these. We are just like, hey, how's it going? Just to our friends. <laughs> I know. So it's useless. Honestly, and it's more, like, it's just so natural. It's nothing's like. It's so funny because you guys are all our friends. I just forget that you're impressive. <laughs> so, and then just then when Grace was reading out what you did for a job, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. What? It's like. To me, it's just, yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us for our final, this is our final round of dinner parties. So, so we, fun. I was about to say, we laid the, we saved the best for last. It's like so fucking rude. <laughs> we need to see you for more pasta and more wine I'm down. as soon as humanly Once possible. Once this is over and I'm back over London way, you two will be the first to know. We can lock in a fun day. Can't wait. Yay! Well, thank you so much. Thank you, guys, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. We will. Thanks, Gab. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. How are we? (laughs) Oh, excited to be here once again. Yeah, you were our first ever guest, I Mm -hmm. think. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy to be back. I'm loving it. We were just saying that you're bangs look so beautiful and that you're reminding us of Marianne from normal people yes <laughs> so well here's the thing is that obviously normally I wear my hair curly but in isolation I've been straightening it a lot because it just lasts for like a week when I straighten it like I just it can just be filthy and it still looks normal if you have to have a meeting and I don't know how that is it's just a chaotic energy that I'm into and um, obviously also I've been into the normal, I've been in the normal people binge session and, um, and I also got inspired and I did the other day, I did my hair, you know, she wears it up in the bun with the fringe when she's at school with the little yes. tendrils. Yeah. And when I was watching it, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. In the book, she is not meant to be this cute in high school and like no high she's school too kid cute in high school, has a yeah. cute little messy bun. Mm-hmm. way too yeah. cute in high school i know i, I was like this girl is not ages. getting bullied <laughs> yeah. like no and she's not even kind of nerdy or weird she's just she's and she's really confident and tells them all to fuck off and beautiful and stylish yeah and like i felt like i mean this is like we've caught off on a tangent already but i feel like <laughs> the whole thing that made their teenage romance so powerful and what would have been so powerful to visually like as much as okay like I love it I love the adaptation like through and through yes this is just a little niggling thing about her high school years is that she's meant to be like you said like awkward and nerdy and kind of um you know definitely like to the point and and confident in certain ways but definitely and, not and school, like school wise yeah but not like in her with him or like in the sense mm, of yeah. in herself and and part of the beauty of their relationship was that he's meant to be this like really hot kind of like cool jock guy and she's meant to be the awkward girl and they sort of come together anyway and it's it's sort of like a real meeting of two worlds and and Mm. it doesn't feel like that in the film in the tv series i don't feel she's too like all and even the way she kind of she comes on to him she's like let's get naked i was like god marianne i know i'd have been a while no virgin 
No virgin <laughs> says that. God, no. I was like, let's get naked like, already. I was like, panic, panic feelings. I was like, you don't understand what it's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a penis. You've never experienced this before. Yeah, I, okay, I have a niggling thing, which is, like, much more superficial than that, which is I just hated all her earrings. Oh, yes. <laughs> I and was like, necklace? who picked these? The necklace. You know the one that I'm talking Connell's about? Connell's chain? No, I mean, yes, but no, the one that, <laughs> Yes. Like, absolutely, but also the <laughs> episode when she's got the beautiful, like, I mean, it's not actually, it's, like, almost beautiful, the um, mm-hmm. velvet green dress on and she goes to the party and it's like okay yes top half 10 out of 10 bottom half we're sort of like a soft six almost working <laughs> but like the necklace I was like get that off immediately same same I was like I would do anything to go in and redo the wardrobe in this series like I <laughs> just walk into the scene but it was very it Irish it is so Irish do you think I'm just All like she's meant to be wearing. I feel like she's meant to be that cool girl at uni who just puts on like a peasant dress and just looks fucking chic and fabulous and and there were things she was wearing where I was like that is such a thing there, I think. Are you saying Irish people aren't stylish, Izzy? <laughs> Izzy. For our, for our 0.02 Irish listeners. I was thinking about this. Okay. So I was critiquing her wardrobe very judgily the whole time. And then I went, Mel, what did you wear in uni? I had this outfit that I loved. It was, you're going to die. Okay. This is a great topic. A, a sort of forest green um thermal underwear top I still back thermal underwear as a top and I'm gonna stand by that I reckon it's gonna make a comeback but not forest green and then it was tucked into my wide leg Avril Lavigne jeans like you know that like not Avril like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. weird like wide leg jean Mm -hmm. looked kind of a bit like skater boy Ugg boots whoa under the yep. jeans as well, underneath. So it's just like yep. these weird little soft shoes. Oh this bottom. is a lot. <laughs> I know. That's and then, oh, it gets worse. The, a blazer, but it's brown corduroy and it's from SES. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And those earrings that were like a hook earring, but then they had a hoop on them and they had a few little dangling jewels on the end. You know them? Mm. So, like, the Ugg boots don't make sense in this ensemble mm. yeah that like you've got a kind of 70s vibe bad. and then just an ugg boot I, it was not a 70s vibe <laughs> ugg boots were so huge they was like so fucking cool so because obviously massive. i'm not from australia so if you could get your hands on a pair of ugg boots the original uggs from australia you were fucking it you were good to go you were the coolest person really i never had actual uggs but i had like ten dollar target uggs and i thought i was the coolest yeah. person on planet Earth. really yeah you would have been embarrassing over here because you just needed the real ones and also when i did that rogue um kind of year in scotland that everyone including myself forgets ever happened <laughs> everyone over there had uggs really it's so crazy i had some really bad uni outfits as well because i had like not two dollars to rub together so i would go to the vinnies on glee point road and just spend $28 and get like two rubbish bags full of nonsense. And I would just, Amazing. I just cannot believe some of the stuff I wore. I would wear these like full length floral skirts mm. 
with like a tartan blazer or something just like the the, the, the craziest <laughs> shit I don't know what happened I feel like I just exploded into a new identity in Sydney and I was like this is who I am and everything was disgusting <laughs> I mean yeah I wore disgusting stuff as well I always wore this really 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 baggy floor-length blue dress that I got in an op shop for like two dollars yeah. that just looked like a sack and I wore it all day every day pretty sure I had a riff in it and you, you thought it was so cool. Like, there's, I used mm. to get, like, obsessed with one item in my wardrobe, mm-hmm. the brown cord blazer. That was the item. And I would just be like, <laughs> I look like hot fucking shit in this. Like, this is a vibe. Yes. And and then at the end of this cycle of being obsessed with this one item that you would wear religiously, you would sort of look back, like, a year later and you're like, that's disgusting. And every photo that has me in that is disgusting. I feel like it would be quite big dick energy to wear a blazer to uni. Like, I feel like people were scared of you. Yeah, I was thinking that I would never have People would have thought you were really confident. But see, that's what she did. And then I was like, okay, I get it now because I was also wearing blazers. It was a year of the blazer. It was just a casual blazer year. It was a weird time. Right. Okay, so it was intentionally not that great because, like, who's really that stylish in uni is what we're saying. So we've come full circle to realise that the costumes were genius. We've come full circle. Because everyone wore a bad earring in uni. Or a bad necklace. A bad necklace. Yeah. Mel. Yes. I would love to hear from you. So as actually people who are listening to this right now may not have put two and two together. Well, they would have if they read the bio or heard us introduce you, which we're going to do at the start of the podcast. But... Mel is our favorite pedestrian TV writer who just literally, it's so funny because now, I mean, I can just pick a new story from reading like the first, the first line in a sentence of the title. I'm like, that was Mel just straight away. That was Mel. Someone will share it now. Your stories are constantly being shared in our Facebook group. So I wanted to chat to you because I haven't caught up with you in a while about any kind of weird dating situations or just stories you've been writing about what's been what's been piquing your interest in terms of romance on pedestrian tv so I think the the weird thing for me would be I was away the week that shit hit the fan in terms of coronavirus so I was in the outback of all places and (laughs) of course and I was with my friend Ash who's also in magazines and I'm sorry, in, in um, journalism. And she, um, we just were like, what the fuck is happening? And while we're there, like all our, both our respective sites were like doing heaps and heaps of isolation content and stuff. And I was like itching to get back to work. And I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on like a video um, date with a guy for a story. <laughs> and I had all these guys in like my hinge that I was like, oh yeah, like, you're kind of cool. Hinge is a great. Hinge is it's a great so app. Good. It's so good. People hey. were showing me it in London, and how you literally have a full profile, and you have to say, you have to answer questions, so you actually have to have some of your personality on there. Yeah, and I think Very that's good. why I like it because I like weird dudes. Like, like yeah. I need a conversation yeah. or I'm bored, and and I think, yeah. um, like I'd rather you be like full on strange human and not necessarily like the hottest babe in the universe, but just like fucking funny and weird than like hot and boring. So yeah. So I love it for that because they have to answer questions and I always only swipe on people that are like insane like me. Um, But yeah, so I went on this video date with this guy when I got back for a story 
And now he's turned into like this sort of unofficial ISO boyfriend. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, he's not my boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. I just call him my ISO boyfriend because he's like the only guy I talk to. And everything is just like leveled up in this isolation thing. Like, I don't know, um, Izzy, if you are seeing anybody, but like, it's crazy how um next level everything is like you're just talking all the time there's so many video calls so many phone calls um because it's not there's nothing else to do but talk to them that's quite nice I'm writing a lot about that yeah I could not be any less single and I could have <laughs> talked to anyone of the opposite sex in like six months but that's I could see how that would happen and and because so many people who I kind of know or loosely know were kind of dating someone before this happened for a couple of weeks. And then it was like, either you don't see each other for the foreseeable future or you literally move in together. And I've seen, I know a friend who uh, had been messaging this guy for a while and then she flew back home because of this. And um, so he came and met up with her. They'd never met in person other than video calls and they isolated together for two weeks straight. That's so intense. I was like, that is crazy. It's chaos. It's pure chaos. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, didn't end well. She was like, it didn't end well. I'll call you later. I was like, Oh, no. (laughs) I wanted that to turn out so well. Do you have tips for like dealing with what I can imagine might be the awkwardness of a Skype or, or no one uses Skype of like a Zoom date or virtual dating yeah so i mean not really but <laughs> i do have this trick so i went do you know you know you would know this you know how tom ford did his like video call et- like how to make yourself look hot oh yeah video call? yeah oh my god we put that just on awd the gift yeah just the gift that we all needed i think in these trying times Iconic. um so i cannot I cannot back him enough on his tilt the camera you down look on yourself. Beautiful, right? You are now. glowing. I am following every Tom Ford rule that there is. It's effective. <laughs> the camera is tilted down. Izzy, we look horrible. There's a zoom. Well, I know, but there's a zoom thing that you can tick that's literally makes you prettier. I've got there's that a on. Preference on it's zoom. on. Why yeah. would that not it's be always on? on? Like, why would? Why know, do you need just, to opt into that? I think everyone wants that all the time. Zoom. I think you just make it permanent. That's a great tip. The pretty filter on Zoom. If you're gonna do a, a mm-hmm. Zoom date. Yeah. So always do a Zoom date. Yeah. I did find it awkward. Like, it's definitely not natural. I think it's really interesting how we're all experiencing what long distance couples experience regularly you know Mm because it's kind of Mm. a weird thing to be always talking on the phone or on video call like there's something a bit almost soulless about it but you're trying to you know trying to kind of and also when you're not doing anything you've kind of got nothing to fill them in on yeah Yeah, it's just like but what I was thinking I was thinking that um the first date over FaceTime or Zoom or whatever could actually be kind of better than in real life because I get petrified of going on a date I literally feel so nervous that I feel like I'm going to vomit. I would just rather not go. I'm like, this just isn't worth it. Nothing can be worth this. So in my mind, I'm kind of like going on a, doing it through FaceTime when you're in your own space, you can check the lighting, you can make sure you look nice, you can see yourself. And then also the fact that it is kind of awkward and you're both in this awkward situation that's less natural than meeting at a bar where you can kind of act cool. It would kind of break the ice a bit because you're just like, oh shit, this is weird. Ha ha ha. Or no? Yeah. No, I do think so a bit, but I think I was a bit just weirded out by the whole thing. It took probably like a bit longer than in real life to get past the clunkiness of the start of a date. Yes. Yeah. But then yeah. once we did, like yeah, once I like, had a wine, it, Yeah, the clunkiness. 
yeah. in person is like a fu- it's literally as soon as you arrive like grace said when she was physically walking me to a date <laughs> shoving uh, us like, through the as door as soon as you're inside <laughs> and say hello it'll be fine yeah exactly as soon as they're there you're like oh it's like when you think about exercise and it's like the thinking about going is worse than the actual doing the same like the worst part Absolutely. is the five minutes before it really is there, and like fine. if you get there first no hell absolute hell mm-hmm. i just don't get there first anymore i hide like around corners yeah and i just like sit mm-hmm. in alleyways and like text on my phone till i get a text it's like oh hey i'm here where are you and you're like okay oh i'm just like two minutes away just coming <laughs> but actually i've been a gremlin Hiding behind in, like, the, the alleyway for like 30 minutes <laughs> yes um but yeah and that now i'm sort of getting to the end and it's like now lockdown is easing off so like in New South Wales, we can now have two people over to our house or you can go to someone else's house and you still can't like hook up or anything, but you can be on a date. And I'm like, oh, do I even like this guy? And it's crazy how invested I got and now how offered I am. Like, I, you know how I, you know how much I don't rate the ick. The ick. Like, I feel like this is like yeah. our, our um, bone of contention is that you guys believe in it. Yes. I don't. This is the first time I've had anything resembling the ick of just this sudden, like, ugh, nah, I don't want it. I thought you coined the ick. No, no. Um, she, you wrote Babe about it, coined though. It. Yeah, uh... babe.net coined it, like. <laughs> babe.net, is that the Aziz Ansari place? All yeah, right, and they're dead now. <laughs> RIP to you guys. You should just take the credit for it because I thought it was I you and they got no. it. So when you, but when you wrote that article about the ick, Mm. Well, you, you were saying, because what you were saying was that you get it straight away, right? Or have you never had it? No, I've had it. I was saying that I feel like it's definitely something to listen to. Like, oh, don't and ignore then to it, work but through. don't, yeah, don't live your life by it, I guess. Because I feel, yeah, I feel like that's um, right. as an anxious <laughs> person <laughs> that I get the ick all the time. And sometimes I'm like, it's true. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just like having a panic attack about it or whatever yeah or just second guessing yourself I'm kind of like that in a sense where I will feel yeah a specific way and then sudden like it's even like that with your writing you'll write something and be like this is brilliant and then you read it again you're like holy shit this belongs in the garbage I feel like you can do that with kind of anything so I will have that with guys where I'm like he's amazing and then I'm like oh my god he's horrific yeah so just to explain if someone hasn't heard it before the ick is kind of self-explanatory but it's like when you're seeing someone or think you like someone and then suddenly a switch flicks and you're just like and you just just find them gross all of a sudden you just don't like them anymore and you can't pinpoint why as well which is I think what's like crucial that's happened to me um so many times but for me it's never ever at the start which it is for most people it's kind of like a couple of months in Mm -hmm. it's never that for me it's it's like two years in (laughs) we go we go deep I'm not joking I have to make it really catastrophic, guys. <laughs> yeah, this fully happened to me with one of my boyfriends when I was younger, and we and I was head over heels in love. I was like, "This is it." Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Blah, blah, blah. And then one day I was like, the thought of having to have sex with you makes me want to run in front of a bus. Mm. It was just, it went, it went fully just, I was like, I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's like Marnie in the first season of Girls. Yeah, no, that was exactly, that was exactly it. That I was going out with him when that first season Mm. of Girls came out. And I said to my friend, this is how I feel. It was literally that, Marnie and Charlie. Yeah. See, I feel like I had it with my last boyfriend. Like, that's how we broke up. I just got to the point where I was like, I thinking about like I couldn't like he would touch me and I'd be like get off me yeah 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 yeah. and it's so horrible (laughs) it's awful for them it's it's so awful and like I still like this is going so deep guys but like like I I did I don't feel like I snap broke up with him like I kind of it had been coming for a little bit like I never felt 100% settled in it it just didn't feel right and yeah, like I sat with that for a while. Like, and I think that's what I guess like, is my thing with the ick is like, it's cool if it means something that's fine. Like you should listen to your feelings. You should listen to your gut. You should listen to like anything that comes up in you, I believe. But I don't know that it should be like, oh God, I feel a thing. I need to act on it now. It's like, I sat with it for like a good couple of months to mm-hmm. just kind of Mm-hmm. digest it and see if it went away and see if it just like was a phase and like a wave in the relationship and then it just kind of wasn't and I think the most telling thing to me was that when we split up I got over it really fucking quickly mm-hmm. and I never done that yeah. like I was just kind of like yeah. oh okay and that's done and then I just kind of and like I, not to say that I don't think of him sometimes and I still do and like have had moments where I'm like oh god did I make the wrong decision but I think more than ever I was a bit more settled about it because I sat with it for a while yeah you know totally I'm really 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 happy being single right now and I'm not even like in the sense I'm not even wanting to date or I'm not even wanting to meet anyone or be on dating apps or anything I'm just so content being by myself but then Mm. I am excited for and the whenever it is to have that feeling again. You know, there's that feeling when you meet someone you just like them so much. But yeah. at the same time, you forget about how sick you feel inside. Because yes. you're so excited, but you're so petrified that they're not going to like you, that it's hard to even be excited. Because you can only have that feeling when you don't know how they feel back. Like, as soon as you really yeah, know, exactly. it goes. Like, you can only have that yeah, excitement. Yeah. Like, the excitement yeah. is reliant yeah. on being, like, the unsure. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I'm the same, Izzy. Like, I was not dating anyone like after me and my ex broke up I just went into like a zone of like nothing I like had a couple of random hookups like like literally a couple like I think two random hookups and then like just the rest was just me being single like I didn't go on a date I didn't want to do anything um and even now I'm, I'm almost like I had to put myself back out there because it had been like eight months and I was like oh god mm. Mel you're like 34 you need to like <laughs> try at some point in the future (laughs) yeah yeah and um but I just like I've gotten to this point where I just really love my own company Mm. and I think I love my friends but that's so good as well because it's just like as soon as you're chill and happy then you give off a completely different vibe than when you're really really wanting to find someone or really feeling kind of out of sorts I feel 
Yeah, I agree. I just, I think so too. Yeah, and right now I'm just like, it would have to be. I know this is such a cliche, but I'm like, it would have to be someone so amazing for me to bother to wash my hair right now and go on a date. <laughs> yeah, fully. Yeah, you know, like well, I was listening to, which I know you've already recommended, Izzy, but Dolly Alderton on Table Manners. I was listening to that yesterday because I was cooking in the kitchen. I was like, I'm a culinary queen. And I was like listening to cooking podcasts. And (laughs) um, she, I feel like when I read her book, Everything I Know About Love, I was like to you, I don't get it. Like I didn't get why it was such a sensation, even though it was obviously very well written and very funny. And I felt like listening back, I finally understood for the first time that what she was explaining was that when you have love coming from friendships, like nourishing great love and you have fantastic friendships where you can rely on each other emotionally and be vulnerable and all of that stuff the need for a romantic partner is just reduced and it just becomes like a nice bonus instead of the only place where you get your emotional needs fulfilled and I just never thought about it that way before and I was like god it's like so smart it just all went over my head because I just didn't really understand what she was saying well I think yeah I think also when you read it and you yeah when you're thinking of it as an it's about romance then you're kind of like what are you talking about but yeah I don't I feel like it's not at all I just never understood that like you're that like sometimes we just rely on romantic partners for things that other people in our lives could feel and it makes us desperate mm. for them because we're like I can only be understood by someone or listened to or have my problems like sorted out or be emotionally vulnerable or talk about things I'm scared of or whatever with a romantic partner and when you learn that you can just Mm. do that with like all the people across your life the value of them becomes less well it's literally what we were um the excerpt I can't remember what we were talking about at the time but I played you with Phoebe Waller-Bridge talking about Vicky Jones her best friend and the person she created Fleabag with and she was just like she's my soulmate she's my best friend she's who I have so much fun with who I tell everything and I feel like for Mel that would be your sister Katie yeah and for me that's Grace and it's like they're the people we turn to for everything they know us inside out and she was just like anyone who is kind of she just goes men you know like that's just a bonus they just uh fill another what was it fill another hole so to speak (laughs) (laughs) yes it's you know it's like it's and it's true and I feel like the older I've gotten the more I'm understanding that like Mm. I used to think of this idea of this soulmate that you had to meet and they were the only person, like that was it. Your goal was to meet this man or woman or whatever who completed you. Mm -hmm. And then the older I get, the more I'm like, I just feel pretty complete now anyway. And I, and I think that I could meet somebody else who I could have an amazing time with, who could understand me really well and could be a partner in life as well in a different way but yeah like agreed my sister is like we're so close and and we have that soulmate connection that kind of she's my person Mm. kind of Grey's Anatomy vibe you know yes of like you will have this life partner who is a like romantic partner and that's a different kind of a love but it doesn't mean that it's better than some of your deep friendships and your family and all these other like relationships in your life, you know? Totally. And sometimes you can sabotage yeah. a romantic relationship by expecting them f- to fulfill the role of like yes. nine different people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think when I think back to when I was younger and I went through breakups and found them really, really, really hard, I think it was because I didn't lean on my friends and family emotionally and would just pour everything into them. So then when we broke up, it felt like I'd lost 
just so much of myself in it because I just poured way too much into Mm. this one thing. But you even said to me one time, you were like, I was complaining, I don't know what it was, I was complaining about something specific that my ex-boyfriend and I didn't click on. And Grace was like, yeah, but you have me for that. That's what me and you do all the time. So why Mm. don't you just come to me when you want to talk about that specific thing? Or why don't you just chat to me about it instead of expecting him to be literally everything like he needed to kind of and I was like that makes so much sense you know I've got my best friend who I can chat to about this stuff that maybe me and him don't chat don't kind of gel about as much but suddenly you just expect your romantic partner to have to just be everything absolutely and I think you know what's something interesting like there was this time where I used to think oh people that are like so like desperate for a partner it's so, you know, embarrassing or whatever. Like there was this time when I was younger where I was like, ew, like it's so gross to be like so like desperate for a partner. But now I'm so much more understanding of how you've become that way because there is this like weird, we still do have this weird kind of belief, a belief system around us where it's like you need to find the perfect partner and settle down. And then if you find yourself single in your like, late 20s or early 30s and all the people around you are in these like long-term relationships or they're getting married or they're having babies or whatever and you're like well shit like like I need like time is running out time is running out Mm. and then that pressure makes you that way and I think Mm. it's really hard to stop yourself from going down that path and I think the only reason I haven't is because I did have these other people in my life where I was like, well, I find so much fulfillment from this person and that person and friends and family and stuff. But I imagine if you didn't have that, that would be really hard to snap out of that, putting all of those eggs in that basket kind of mentality, you know? A hundred percent. I also, I feel like it's also just this thing where it's a, like a validation kind of thing. So people have their partner to kind of prove that they're, they, it's, it's like you put yourself out to the world as who you want to be perceived as. And it's almost as if when you have a partner, they're kind of backing up everything that you say you are. Mm-hmm. You know? That's interesting. And so yeah. I feel like people people put so much weight behind having another person because it's like, yeah, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this. And see, like this person yeah. kind of proves it because I've got this person to... It's so, it's so funny. I think that all the time with people. It's so true. It's so true. And I think romantic comedies or romantic movies have like a lot to answer for. Because it was so funny Mm -hmm. because we were talking to Mika Simmons, who's a sex expert, a couple of episodes ago. And we were saying, you know, uh, young boys are taught about porn and it's so bad in like giving them bad expectations about sex. And she was like, I would honestly say that romantic comedies are uh, in a different way, just as bad for women in understanding sex Mm -hmm. as porn can be for men because the expectations it gives are just as unrealistic, if not more so. And it like fucks you up so much that you can't unpack it. I was watching Sense and Sensibility the other day and I was like, this is just so messed up because it just makes you, it just feeds this idea in your brain that you're not complete until you find a soulmate or that your soulmate might be there and you've just missed him because you haven't noticed or that if you just wait long enough, you'll find him or that, I don't know, it's... Yeah, Jane Austen has a lot to answer for, doesn't she? She does. (laughs) Normal people even made me feel in a way like that. As I was watching it, I was like, I was like, God, I wish I had a heart, like a a love from that age kind of thing. It made me... And then I was like racking my brain trying to think of someone. I was like, if they're not popping into your head... Who can I make that person for me? Just leave it. Yeah. (laughs) 
You're like, hi, I'm like going to go back to the You don't fucking... remember me. Yes. But we're probably soulmates. <laughs> I'm going to go back to... <laughs> back to the guy who I used to always bitch about that used to make me buy him butter chicken pies when I was 16. You rock up at his door in New Zealand with yes. a butter chicken pie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wild oh. Bean Cafe. Um, but mm-hmm. 100%. And I feel like I grew up, um, I don't even know if I've told you guys this like really chaotic part of my life, but I was like a born again Christian for like 10 years. Yeah. And it was yeah. so much in the sense that. Um, you know, it was a lot to mentally unpack when I left and I'm still not a hundred percent there, but I'm like much more there than I used to be. But I like devoured romantic comedies. And I think bolstered by the fact that my belief system said there's one person for you Mm -hmm. and that God has ordained them for you and all that stuff. And I'm not going to go into it because it's like a long other whole other story. Yeah. 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 I think in the romantic comedy sense, what I like now is that I do think we're seeing a lot more in the sense of TV shows and movies where it's not 100% that cookie cutter, like there's one person for you. Like they're finding new ways to tell romantic stories. Um, What's an example? I really liked, this is such a sad stale reference movie and also like not anyone's favorite movie, (laughs) but I really liked how to be single. (laughs) I was just about to say how to be single. Isn't that so weird? I was like, it reminds me of How to Be Single where you were watching it. And I remember turning to my friend in the cinema and being like, I don't want her to pick anyone. And she was like, same. And then she doesn't pick anyone. And it's amazing. And you're like, fuck yeah. I want to rewatch that. I feel like I haven't even seen it. It's Dakota Johnson. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. You should see it. You should watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it. It is like a bit stale. I know what you mean. It's like no masterpiece, but it has a a memorable (laughs) message. I'm watching after this. It is. It's very stale, but you should watch it. But yeah, I liked that because I think it was a nice, um, just a bit fresh, you know. And, and Girls is another good example. Like I know people shit on Girls all the time and I love stuff, girls. but I loved it and I yeah. needed that. Like I needed a show like that, you know. Before we go, Mel, I know that you probably don't want How to Be Single to be your isolation recommendation, but it should be. Do you have a specific thing you've been reading, watching, loving in ISO? Yes, aside from How to Be Single, the stalest movie of all time that everyone should still see. um, I revisited a book. So obviously all the stuff going on in America with coronavirus and Trump and the chaos and his just terrible leadership made me revisit this book called Hillbilly Elegy, um, Mm -hmm. which I read years ago. And it was published just after he um, won the first election. And um, it's by this guy called J.D. Vance. And basically he grew up in the Rust Belt of America. So in a very poor family, um, very like working class, worked in um, factories and that sort of thing. And he um, essentially ended up becoming a journalist moving to New York. So he kind of has seen both sides and he unpacks how Trump won in this really unique way because he had the experience of living with and being part of middle America who were predominantly Trump supporters. And it's such a, that's such a serious recommendation off the back of um, how to be single, but it's such an amazing book. It's just one of those books that has stuck with me. I read it, I would have read it years and years ago now, like, like three years ago now. And it's stuck with me ever since. And I think that it's one of those books that helps you understand the mentality of people 
where you have never had that experience. And he he just does it in this really, so I wouldn't say like, I guess empathetic way, but not necessarily that he's agreeing with anybody. He just understands people and it's really interesting. So yeah, I've been rereading that and I'm loving it. Great one. Yay. Yeah, amazing. amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We can't get enough of you. Oh, you might have to join us as a third podcast. <laughs> I would love to. Anytime. Yes, literally. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Talk Thanks, soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Ava. Hi, Hi Ava. Thank you. Hi. We're so excited to have you. We're very excited. I'm so excited to, have to be you. here. As you know, I love I love the podcast. I just finished listening to your episode yesterday. Well, the one that came out yesterday, I listened to it today. Well, the podcast loves you after your takeover. They're obsessed with every part, <laughs> especially those track pants. I, we had like 45 messages we about your track pants. We were fielding so many messages and I was like, I don't even know what to respond anymore. People were like, give me a link. And I was like, God. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then just people. I actually like three friends by it to set after me. <laughs> You're an influencer. So how are you going I'm, you know, like I've been doing this for since like I think around the 12th of March. I went in pretty early because first of all, I don't work in an office, so I'm by my I work from home anyway. Um, but I wasn't really socialising after that because I had I was invited to a um, Grand Prix party that on the Thursday before they shut like started shutting things down, and I was like, mm, this is kind of feeling a bit weird, so I just kind of stayed in. So I've been this is what like maybe six weeks, six or seven weeks now. So I had like the first few weeks were really rocky um, as they would have been for everyone. And like I had days where I couldn't get out of bed, like days where I was crying, like I wasn't sleeping, you know, all of that stuff that everyone's going through, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then I kind of got into a rhythm and then I hit like, you know, it's like a roller coaster, you know what I mean? But I found Someone like, named it Corona Coaster. The Corona Coaster, yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. true. And then An I emotional had a phase, Corona coaster. like yeah like a couple of weeks ago where like my fiance and I were just kind of like oh you again and and we I was like (laughs) I was like maybe we won't end up getting married yeah yeah and then I was like you know like people were saying they were having lots of sex and I was like who are these people I know when people no no one's having sex that's not happening now I know how much you fart during the day I'm like I'm not interested absolutely not (laughs) it's like also how do you build sexual chemistry when you're together 24 7 like I just don't understand you're not not missing each other the only people having sex are those people who were dating for about five minutes on hinge before this happened and then decided to move in together yeah, they're the only and ones. they'll uh, definitely be broken up by the time this is over. Yes, yeah. so yeah. they're only having six if for this already yeah. lockdown period. Yeah, um, yeah, but then I've just found like things that I I, I was having a uh, Zoom call with um, uh, like a business kind of Zoom call, and someone asked they were talking about routine, and the two other people were parents on the call, and I obviously am not. And they were like, "Oh, you know, routine's so important." Like blah blah blah, and I was like, "I kind of thrive. I don't." I don't like routine, so I'm okay without having a routine. But I was like, you know, the things I have to do every day is some sort of like exercise or fresh air and also my skincare. And they were like, well, yeah, that's just a, that's a routine for a person who doesn't have kids. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so true. like I have to do my things. So I'm kind of like that. Are, yeah, exercise and do my skincare. And um, But I found this amazing workout program that I'm kind of obsessed to, obsessed with. And I don't know if I'll be able to go back to my trainer after this. Um, which sounds so ridiculous, 
um, it's the Sculpt Society. Have you heard of it? No. Um, so the it's kind of I feel like it's kind of Tracy Anderson esque. It's dance cardio, which I oh, love. Oh, Grace, this is speaking my language. My ears just <laughs> pricked up. She I loves to love, dance. I remember that episode where you said you freaked out because you thought someone was watching you. Yeah. The the video cam. I website. can't tell yeah. you how embarrassing it is. It's like a lot. <laughs> so it's dance cardio. Um, and I've joined, I've actually like signed up to a subscription. So it's 30, I think it's 31 Australian dollars a month. Um, and you have access. She does a new video each week. She does a live every day from the app. Um, the music's like, it's the annoying thing is the music because it's a, um, like you have to pay a lot of money to license the music if you're playing like mainstream music. Um, but it's like a mix between dance cardio, which is obviously just the repet, like very re- repetitive moves. And then also sculpting. And it's freaking hard. What does sculpting so mean? Like uh, I guess toning it like, kind of yeah, Pilates-esque like workouts. Squats, yeah. lunges, move, like that yeah. kind of a stuff. It's like kind bar. of like a mix between Pilates and bar, but it's quite, it's faster because I find that stuff quite boring, like yeah. normally. Um, and I'm not like super fit by any means, but, and I struggle a lot, like it's hard, um, but it's so enjoyable. So, yeah, those are my things that have been keeping me sane and wine. <laughs> yeah. The home workout thing I feel like is interesting because my friend was telling me before lockdown happened that she listened to a podcast that was saying that at home workout technology is getting so sophisticated that it's, it is going to fully replace or like oh, massively replace could... gym classes and physical classes. And I was like, yeah. oh, dude, I feel like that stuff's been around for ages. She was like, no, it's really changing. So what's your take yeah. on that? I 100% agree. So if it, so the app connects so well with um, like a smart TV. So you literally play it on your app and then do the little thingy that like screen mirror or whatever it is. And it doesn't go like, you know how you sometimes screen mirror something from your phone to the TV. It just shows up in like the, like mm. the um, dimensions of a phone. It's like skinny in the middle. It fills the whole screen. Wow. And like the only thing that bugs me is the music, which I said, cause I'm a really like, I'm, a really big music person and I love music and then if you're streaming it to the tv you can't then play your own music over the top because it mm. you can't do both but that's the only thing but you don't really notice because it's so like kind of quick and and good but I I 100% agree like I it's like going to a class but there's no one else around so I would because I was training three times a week with my train I was doing boxing and stuff because um I'm getting married this year and I just kind of wanted to like we'll probably start trying for kids and I kind of just wanted to get into like just wanted to be health fit like I wanted to feel fit for I always feel like that I I constantly just it's not even like a weight loss thing it's not anything other than wanting to feel fit I just want to know that I can do something that's how I always feel and I'm like I know and I'm (laughs) naturally I'm I'm a I'm a naturally really lazy person like I feel like like I am as well yeah like my default is lazy. So you said something in your takeover that was very troubling to me, which is so for some context. <laughs> was it that I hate my cat? No, it was <laughs> that. So for context, you run Ultraviolet, which is a label that does beautiful kind of. I don't know if you'd call it high end, but it's kind of like high end beautiful sunscreen yeah, and sunscreen adjacent yeah. product. And you said in your takeover mm-hmm. that if everyone had been putting on sunscreen from like the age of 12 every day, that we would all look 10 years younger. And that yeah. made me upset. So if people started wearing, 
Well, yeah, I'm fucked. We're Australians and New Zealanders, so um, the sun is such a big part. Like a lot of dermatologists, like global dermatologists, acknowledge that Australian women look older than they are because our sun is so harsh. Um, but, you know, I see people in beauty chat groups and stuff on Facebook or whatever, young girls, like 20, 21, and they're asking for advice on Botox and filler. And like, I, well, I, I, I say I just want to scream at them, but I do. I'm usually just like, just start wearing sunscreen. If everyone started wearing sunscreen every day from the age of 15, I guarantee you, you would look 10 years younger than you are. That upset. I, no, you're gonna, you're like gonna die, but I didn't start wearing sunscreen until like last year, and How even the twenty nine. Yeah, I didn't start wearing sunscreen until I was about twenty eight. I we, I, I kind of, I'd put it because I knew you were supposed to. So, but mags were so long that I'd always be yeah. saying by beauty editors, kind of screaming at me. <laughs> So I knew you were supposed to be, I would just always forget and I'd buy, you know, the fucking foundation with SPF 20 or whatever. And I was like, that's enough. Because mm. I just always felt like when you put sunscreen on, my thing was my skin is kind of, it's always been, well, only since I was in my 20s. But since then it's been kind of on and off hormonally bad and clogged. And so I was like, it's just another element to put on my skin that's going to be yeah. greasy and hurt my eyes and blah, blah, blah. So I just would never do it. And now I... And- I'm upset. Now we look like old hags, Izzy. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It's never too late. And you guys are in your late 20s. Just keep wearing it every day. You'll be fine. Like, you know, it's better to start now than never do it because you think you're going to look old. Like, the thing is, I didn't start wearing it religiously until, you know, I was in my late 20s as well. And I'm super fair naturally. And I I would be out every day without sunscreen. Um. So, I mean, it's just, like, it's better to start now than, than never. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people didn't wear it because, and I start, that's the reason I didn't start wearing it until I was in my late 20s, um, was because I thought that it was going to make me break out. And it was just another step that I just didn't seem, didn't feel was necessary until I started learning about the impact of the sun on, on your skin. And then I started wearing it you know, every day and taking it a bit more seriously. And now obviously I wear it every day. I did the rationale thing and that that fucked me up, the rationale skin. Oh, thing. yeah. So rationale does this like – The D, the DNRA. Yeah, this like deep thing. Izzy, it's yeah. so messed up. And they, they get your – they take all these photos of you and then they have a screen and they show your face and it shows like the levels of sun damage like through all the different layers of your mm-hmm. skin and like – Well, mine's obviously absolutely fucked because my – Face is filled with freckles. Yeah, so it does like the first layer, the second layer, and then like by you get the time you get down, it's insane. And I was like, mine is terrible. Yeah. And she was like, look, it looks really bad, but and it is really bad, but it's what all Australian <laughs> women look like when they come in. Yeah, yeah, mine exactly. is so bad. I remember my mum used to she used to put sunscreen on my face every single day because I was I had, like the whitest skin when I was younger and she would put sunscreen on my face every day because she had freckles when she was younger and I didn't have like a freckle and not that freckles freckles are fine but I would prefer personally to not have them all over my face and so I had like none and then she sent me off for a weekend with my dad and she said I came back literally and he just hadn't put sunscreen on me and I'd been out in the sun and I just had freckles everywhere And, Mm. and then it's just been like that for my whole life so I've 
so I just feel like my sun damage would be, and every single time I go out in the sun, they'll just get darker and darker. I just think I'm obviously quite prone to that. That happens though. No, because the sun, yeah. it's actually, it's the visible light and the heat that brings them out. So it's not actually that you're getting more sun damage because you're right. Cause, yeah, because I was like, I'm so careful now, and I'll put yeah. so much sunscreen on, wear a hat all day, and I never have yeah. my face in the sun apart from if I'm, if like it literally can't be avoided. Yeah, it's that's kind of like melasma, like why melasma gets darker and you can't, um, some you can't necessarily do anything. It's just like pigmentation kind of stuff, but it is caused not only by UV but also by um infrared which is the heat so which you can you can like that could be heat from a hairdryer it also has infrared yeah. and also visible light so like the actual sun it's not necessarily giving you more sun damage it's just that those well it kind of is but it's not from uv you're not getting burnt right. um so yeah how did you end up starting ultraviolet i worked for a brand that part of the um the brand was sunscreens and they made a couple and through that i learned the impact of the sun on our skin and kind of how that sunscreen was the number one anti-aging product and how, you know, people weren't really in Australia, weren't really educated on everyone kind of views it as a beach product. Um, And, you know, you'll see like a lot of campaigns, whether it's, you know, the leading, whether it's kind of banana boat or whatever, or Neutrogena or like all of their campaigns are shot on a beach. And it's like, who goes to the beach every day? Mm. I mean, maybe yeah. people in maybe people in Sydney, if they live in Bondi, but like in Melbourne, I'd be lucky to get to the beach four times a year, and that's probably when I'm in Sydney or going away. It's just not very like it's kind of an unrealistic, and it's just I guess it's a historical one, but it's not really relevant to how you wear sunscreen. So that kind of I was like, why aren't people like kind of talking about this in an everyday point of view? So I met my co-founder and. Um, we kind of came up with the concept and we're like, okay, we need to, like, is this something that, is this like a legit thing? Like, do people really care um, to make, I was like, sunscreen, like they, the, all the brands, they talk about it in a really sciencey or like very fear-mongery um, from a very, like from a very kind of fear-mongery point of view. And it's all about cancer. It's not about like kind of skin damage overall or skin health. So we were like, someone needs to like make this a, cool thing because it's something we all need to wear every day but people don't really take it seriously yeah as in like make it part of your skincare routine instead of that added extra that you're just having to put on to be safe it's kind of like yeah because with ultraviolet when I put it on I'm like this is you know I've got my serum then I've got my oil then I've got my moisturizer then I've got my sunblock and it's in the routine as a really kind of serum and it looks like a serum yeah 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 and it's yeah and and that's we really wanted to make it a part of well thanks yeah, we wanted to make it like a part of a beauty conversation rather than like a sunscreen beach conversation. So it was very much like it needs to sit in context of a routine. It needs to feel like another skincare product so people don't really think about it. What was the like, because <laughs> me and Izzy are obviously learning, like we started after work drinks as a side hustle, I guess you'd say. And now as we're going, mm. it's like becoming a business and we're learning to treat it like a business and it's a bit of yeah. learning on the job. But it's really difficult because you're you're not kind of equipped with that stuff. You kind of have to learn as you go. So can you, like, speak mm-hmm. a little bit about some of the challenges that came with running your own business and just things that you wish, like, young women maybe had been taught before they started? Um, 
Teach us your ways. Yeah, young women. (laughs) Funny young women. Um, Two young women. It's funny because because when I was at the job that I was mentioning, like we were kind of treated as GMs of a brand. So you had to sit across every level of the business and you had to be across every level of the business. You had to be across the P&L. You had to be across how much stock you had, how much stock you needed to write off like the marketing, the education, the sales, the the price point. So in a way, I was very well equipped um, through that job to run a brand, not by myself. I'm not that way inclined. I'm much more kind of marketing, communications, creative focused. But that's where Beck comes in, who is really good at that stuff and um, kind of fills in all the gaps of my um, weaknesses, I guess. So I would say for people like me and maybe you guys to an extent, and I don't know, um, like obviously you guys are both writers, so I assume you're kind of creative and is it right brain, left brain? Never know. Left brain? I think left brain's logical brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, brain right, is brain, right brain. Yeah. So yeah, right. I was right the first time. So right brain, and I'm making total assumptions here, so I could be totally wrong, is to really delve into the tricky parts that you're not comfortable in Mm. which would be the numbers um how much like what kind of and for you it's not really relevant but for someone who is starting a brand what what kind of stock how much stock holding you've got like really weigh out like cash flow all of that stuff that is not sexy and is not fun um but just so you've got your your head around it get your head around and really understand it Mm. It's because money can be so intimidating. I think we're like... Exactly. Money is so intimidating. Zach, my boyfriend, works like kind of across financial maths and he said that it's sometimes in, almost intentionally intimidating, like what people do in high-level finance jobs. It's kind of purposefully yeah. complicated because otherwise they can't demand <laughs> high service fees, basically. But there's like something about money that makes people who aren't, naturally logical feel terrified of it and then when you feel terrified of it the problem just uh-huh. gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse yeah i'm ter- i am i'm terrified of money i hate it i hate talking about it i hate it i hate thinking about it like, i read a, th- a thing once the- that said that your first memory of money will tend to dictate your relationship with it so like people whose first memory of money is like i don't know being given a bunch of money in a Christmas card and buying something that they really, really wanted when they were five will tend to think of money in terms of like what it can get them that they like. Whereas if your first memory is your parents fighting over money or they're being stressed about money yeah. or not being able to afford something, you'll tend to treat money as something to worry about, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, mm. that is interesting. I mean, when I was like five or six, my parents were going through a really messy divorce that was, you know, that involved a lot of talk about money, so that probably yeah. explains. Same, no, yeah. money was such a big thing when I was like around that age as well. So it's, yeah, yeah, and I hate it. Like I was listening the podcast, the the this week's podcast about how people who don't seem to have their shit together or have you know even have a bit of debt, um, rather than ha- owning a house or whatever. It's like that. It really um, resonated with me because. I am a spender and I have debt, not a huge amount, but I have some. Whereas my fiance was a real saver 
and as a result now has two house like had two properties of before he was like 35 or 36 or something and and can't stand having any credit card debt but I'm fine with it like I've got more savings than yeah. I have credit card debt but I will not pay it off because I want to have yeah. money in case I need it and I think as long as you're not in like debt that you that feels kind of insurmountable and you can't you don't yeah. imagine ever yeah. being able to pay off I mean that's a problem even but I remember I think having a bit of credit card debt it's fine and I remember once yeah. even I had a credit card that like got it was the same thing like four grand or something but just got to a point where I just felt like I couldn't get on top of it I remember talking about it to yeah. someone because I was so ashamed of it. It was like this dirty little secret I felt like I had where I thought mm-hmm. no one else has this and you have no control and you're a bad person and you're blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're never like just completely spiraled. And then I remember talking to someone completely random who was just like, oh, just refinance it. I was like, what does that mean? They're like, just go to another bank, get a loan pay the credit card what? off and then the loan will just come out in incremental payments out of your pay for the next thing and then you'll just have it all paid oh, off and it won't be growing rate. in interest yeah. and blah 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 and it's the simplest thing ever but most people when i told them about it were like oh oh how did it get that bad what have you been spending it on grace grace come on like, what who are you cares? doing None of your fucking business no one was just like yeah. here's a very simple easy solution for you that will yeah. work for you. Yeah. Why don't you try that? There so many people who would know about that thing just never said that to me. Yeah, so much judgment. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I've There's a, like, terrible, terrible debt story that I'll tell you. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> when I, I moved, when I moved to New York, I, so I moved to New York when I was 24 or 25. I think, let's say 25. And my dad was like, whatever you say. And I was working in beauty PR. So I was like, I was earning like $36,000 a year. Hmm. And um, my dad was like, whatever you save, I'll match. Like not necessarily to give you in like a lump, in, to give me in a lump sum, but like to help pay for, because I was going as a student, but also working. So I lived on a stipend hmm. while I was there for the first bit. Anyway, so <laughs> without him knowing, I got a personal loan. <laughs> and then- <laughs> <laughs> that is the best like, thing I've I ever feel, heard. That's I amazing. I still feel so guilty. So I was like, "Oh, Dad, like I'd actually only we're gonna get him on the phone." You're like, "Dad, I've saved twenty five thousand Australian dollars." I was like, "Dad, it? I've saved fifteen thousand dollars." And he was like, "Wow, that's incredible! <laughs> like, I'm so proud of him." Because he made you show him. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't know. He just was. I was like, "Here's the like, I've got the money in my account," and then. I didn't realize that I had to, because I was so young and I just had no idea about how that sort of, I was like, oh, I'll just pay it off when I get back or when I start earning more money. So I just never paid it. Like I just was like, I won't pay it. And then the debt collector letters started going. (laughs) I've had those from the sheriff's office. That happened to me as well when I was like 18. Yeah. And I just had no idea about paying a credit card off. I was like, oh, this will just go away. Like I was literally (laughs) like a fucking child and just ignored it. And then suddenly it's like, you can't ever bank at this place again. No, no one. Like I think they arrested Izzy at the border when she got back. And suddenly, I've been deported back to New Zealand and can't leave the country. That's really why you're there. Yeah, yeah. Not because of coronavirus. Yeah. Um. Also, what ended yeah, up happening? So, oh man, he. What ended up happening? He was so <laughs> horrified when he found out, and I still like when I think about it, it, gives you that you know when you feel bad about something, your stomach flips. Yeah. Like, it still yeah. makes me feel really sick that I lied to him about that. 
I think he actually had to pay it off as well. <laughs> You're like, I know I didn't, so I'm guessing you did. No, $30,000 $30, later? I think I paid a little bit. I think I paid a little bit of it. I think I definitely started paying it off when I got back. So when I got back, too. I got a better pay. Yeah, I got back a year and yeah, a half. Yeah, and you got later. to put in, you know, the, the hard yards, put in a couple of grand and then... <laughs> They're like, yeah. fine. Oh, bless you. Dad won't listen to this, but if you do, Dad, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I got like, he was, like, I've never seen him so angry. Like, I think he was spitting. He was so angry. <laughs> he was filthy. <laughs> I know. He was absolutely filthy. My mum found out that I used to take her card out of her wallet and go and buy all of my friends Burger King every day after school. <laughs> and she... <laughs> I did decide to go do that too. <laughs> I oh, just, you just funny. didn't really think money was real when you were little. I don't no, think. you have no concept, you no concept of, it. of it. Yeah, no, no, no idea. Okay, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Anything on mm. your mind? I mean, my only thing would be that people still need to wear sunscreen even though they're inside, which I've talked about. Well, yeah, because is it is a it lot. true or not that you need sunscreen from the rays on your computer or is that nonsense? So blue light is another form of visible light that I mentioned before. And um, there are some initial studies that have proven that it can cause um, or contribute to mel- uh, melasma and pigmentation, especially in darker skin tones. Anyway, there's a lot of there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but initial studies have shown that. So it's not necessarily some UV filters protect from it. So the chemical, um, physical filters, so titanium dioxide and zinc contribute to that. But the other thing, um, so you you should wear a sunscreen every day. But the other thing that helps with um, the blue light is antioxidants. Mm. So if you've got, we put antioxidants in all of our sunscreens. So they all protect from blue light. But um, it's not yet proven it's not yet kind of accepted by the tga um because there is more testing that needs to be done so but the initial but the kind of first round of of studies and evidence suggests that it does contribute to pigmentation and like what like yeah sunspots oh my god i know nothing to worry about I know, seriously. But, you know, like a lot of people have some sort of antioxidant in their day cream. Um, so, but, you know, also UVA rays come through all windows, um, which are the kind of more damaging anti-aging rays, the ones that can contribute to sagging and um, volume loss and wrinkles, all the good stuff, you know. I want to be like that woman in that book that like can't leave one dark room for her whole life. Which book? I don't know. Same. There's like some book about this woman where she's like any light like causes her unbearable pain. Vampires like Twilight. Yeah, but there's a there's a yeah, real vampires. woman. I think Amy Adams is in a movie about her. But I just want to do that then come out at like forty and look like I'm twenty. You'd be seriously fucked up though. Yeah, true. I've had so like you you look good. <laughs> good but i've had like no social skills thank you so much for joining us it was so nice thank you so much for having me i you know as you know i love the podcast so i'm thrilled to be on here it was a pleasure and we're gonna start 
wearing lots of sunscreen and looking really young and then I'm gonna put it on before youthful. I go to bed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah lots of lots of youth lots of youth lots of youth lots of good skin okay thank you Ava we'll speak to you soon thanks Ava bye thanks bye Okay. Because I waved and I was like, that's confusing to her because the wave can't be heard audibly and we're not actually saying goodbye right now. So I was like, she'll be like, what's going on? So then you go, I was like, so then you go, bye. And then you're like, bye, sorry. And then to her, bye is like, but. (laughs) God. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.